when one of my friends at the time got into trouble, it, just just by being associated in that kind of circle, you automatic, automatically get drawn into it. And, and yeah, obviously then that happened. And that probably pushed me into thinking, you know, to do something on my own and away from any sort of friends or or anything and just focus, looked at what businesses were already set up and that's what made me look at the franchise model and Subway obviously was popping up everywhere. I liked the layout so we kept that but we just adapted it and uh, decided to go down the pizza route. We found a second hand oven so that was about 10 grand. It was in a place called Rose Hill between Mitcham and Sutton so it was a small parade of shops. It wasn't a massive shop, it wasn't a great location, but we had KFC next door, we had the open fire, so people can see it cooking, it worked well. There was no idea of franchising until one of the customers came in, he was a regular customer, and they saw this and they said, you know, would, we, would you be interested in franchising? So I said, yeah, and within six months they opened the shop, that's when something clicked, I said, all right, you know, maybe we've got something here. So we opened another store. So within the first year, we had three stores. Last year, we opened 41 stores. We've got 10 stores opening in the next 12 weeks. We've got stores in Portugal, uh, Dubai, Turkey that are under construction like right now. We've got 155 stores. So I think realistically, we can get to at least maybe five to 600 stores in the next six, seven years. So I think start small. You don't need a crazy product. You need a crazy determination to make the product work, but you don't need to invent, you know, you don't need to reinvent the wheel, but you do need to have a crazy passion for making that work. Yes, people, welcome back to Karen TV. Today, delighted to be with Mario Leppo, the guy behind the amazing Fireway Pizza brand. So, Mario, I'd like to say a big thank you for the opportunity. A huge congratulations. Thank you. And how are you doing, sir? I'm good. How are you? Very well, thank you. Um, so, before we talk about where Fireway is currently and the amazing success, I'd like to go back a little bit and yep. talk about a little bit about your background. Mm -hmm. um, so, where did you grow up? Where did it all start? A little bit about family settings and schooling. Yeah. So I grew up in um, South London, in uh, Mitcham, and lived there till I was about 19, 20. Um, so yeah, that's where I spent most of my um, my childhood. Mm -hmm. I went to school around there, and uh, only recently, a few years ago, uh, we moved up to um, Surrey. And um, obviously the name like Mara Aleppo, is it Aleppo? Is that yeah, yeah. Um, Italian roots? Yeah, yeah, my mum's Italian. Uh, my grandma came over from Italy when she was about 18 um, on her own. And um, yeah, we've been here ever since. Nice. And um, talk to me about the siblings, brothers, sisters. Um, two younger brothers, two younger sisters. Um, and my mum and dad. My mum and dad split up um, when I was young. And yeah, we all, we've just all been around, um, around South London. And so just a happy childhood, obviously with so many siblings and stuff, must have been busy. Yeah, it was a bit of a crazy household. Um, but yeah, I can't, can't, can't complain, to be honest. Apart, obviously, from mum and dad splitting up, I can't really complain. It could have been a lot worse. Yeah, of course. And so let's talk about school, how you did at school, what your ambitions were at school. Um, were you clever? Mm, not particularly. I didn't really... Uh, I weren't a fan of school, so I, I hardly went in at first um, it just wasn't wasn't my thing um, I couldn't really pay attention too much and I just didn't really enjoy it um, the only thing I probably enjoyed was selling sweets in the playground apart from that it was a bit of a yeah it was a bit of a bore and so what were your ambitions and goals when you were at school did you have any sort of dream jobs music sport mm, um, first of all I wanted to be a footballer Probably because of the money, because I'm not really a, a fan of um, a fan of football. So when I realised I wasn't good enough for that, I think it was mainly money orientated. So then I wanted to be like a, a solicitor, but that 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 took way too much, you know, um, intelligence. So 
yeah, I think by the time I left school, I was pretty confused um, as to what I was going to do, hence why I didn't really do nothing for the next like few few years. Um, I went to college to do like a sports um, a sports course because I thought that would be the most easiest thing to do, more of a physical thing than a um, than a uh, intelligence kind of um, path. And yeah, I dropped out of that after about a year. Done another college course, dropped out of that after about nine months. Um, and then yeah, just spend the next few years just not really doing anything productive. So, so what were you doing during this time? So probably about your mates and stuff? Yeah, so just messing around. Drinking, uh, smoking. Yeah, nothing really, as I said, nothing really productive. Um, and a few of my friends were in the same kind of position. Um, there wasn't much opportunity at the time in, um, well, not just in Mitchum, in anywhere, I think. Um, there wasn't really much opportunity. So, yeah, spent a good, looking back at it now, I mean, time flies at the time, so you don't really realise, but looking back at it now, it was a, a considerable amount of time, maybe like four years of just messing around and getting into trouble with my friends. And then probably when I was 23 or 24, um, I decided, well, I had a couple of jobs, uh, one in Nando's, one as like a charity fundraiser on the street. Um, but yeah, after a while, I decided to start my, my own business and open up a little coffee shop. Um, in Tooting in South London, um, but that really didn't really go to plan. Had a lot of my friends like hanging around outside, and it didn't really look great. Um, so that failed after about six months. So a lot of lessons learned from that business, though. Yeah, definitely. Um, and obviously, had it put you off owning your own business and dealing in the retail food sector? No, it was hard. It was stressful, and because it was coffee, it was like an early morning thing. And I'm not really an early morning person, but I had to force myself to be there at like six o'clock every morning. Um, so yeah, definitely it was a it was definitely a learning curve um, and a lesson on the very basics of of business. Um, without kind of jumping in to the deep end, it was kind of like it was a small it was a small setup. It was a small operation, like a one man. It was just me. Um, I had some friends that helped, but yeah, um, it was it was it was a good. It only lasted six months, but I learned probably. A lot of valuable lessons, I'd mm, say, mm. Um, from the failure of it as such. And then, so from there, um, how long was it before obviously started up the fireway? I know there was the consideration of the Subway um, yeah. franchise, something I've looked at as well at certain points. Yeah. Um, and so, tell me how you started looking at the Subway, why you were looking at the sort of franchise, and then obviously why you chose not to go down that path. Um, so, after dropping out of college, probably at 19, I spent, yeah, as I said, about four years just doing nothing. Um, and then 23, 24, um, done the coffee shop. Within six months, that failed. And then spent probably another year not really doing anything or kind of just planning and thinking about what to do. Um, and then, yeah, looked at, didn't you, sorry to interject, didn't you have a sort of a little um, wake-up call during that year? Is that when you had the, the, yeah, the police raid? Obviously, I know you mentioned it wasn't anything to do with you, but surely that must have been a wake-up yeah. call when your house is getting raided yeah. for the company you're keeping. Yeah, I think that's mainly it. I mean, if you if you hang around with certain people, then you're going to get you know associated um, with certain people. And I think um, when one of my friends at the time got into got into trouble, it, just, just by being associated in that kind of circle... You automatic automatically get drawn into it, and and yeah, obviously then that happened, and um, and then that probably pushed me into thinking, you know, to do something on my own and away from any sort of friends or or anything, and just focus, you know, on yourself, um, opposed to just focusing on a group of people. So looked at what was because I still don't know what to do. I looked at what um, looked at what businesses were already set up and that's what made me look at the franchise model and Subway obviously was popping up everywhere um, so I looked at that it seemed like a simple thing like sandwiches probably another reason why I looked at that um, but then at the last minute after having like the the, the, the primary meetings with them um, I decided you know it wasn't really the, the way for me because it felt like not being back in school but it did kind of feel like a job where you have to you know, follow the rules and uh, you can't really divert 
and do your own sort of create. You can't add your own sort of creativity onto it because it was a, it was a franchise. So um, yeah, I decided that wasn't really the route. But I like the idea. I like the subway kind of layout. So we kept that, but we just adapted it and uh, decided to go down the pizza route, being Italian and with pizza being like a popular product. You say we, but it was just you at this point. Yeah, me. Yeah, Yeah. me. So um, I decided that that was, you know, worth a try. And uh, yeah, it went went well. It had a good response. Indeed. So obviously, um, pizza's number one takeaway food in this country, isn't it? So it's Mm. kind of a no-brainer. And so where did the name Fireway come from then? And talking about the sort of initial setting up the business. um, Just because, you know, we decided, again, to add some unique... um, as you said, it's the, pizza's the most popular, you know, takeaway food in the UK, which on a positive side means there's a lot of, there's a market for it, there's a lot of customers for it. On a negative side, it means that, you know, there's a lot of competition. So hence why we had to make it different. Um, we had the subway layout so people can see everything. Then we had the open fire um, so people can see it cooking opposed to, you know, electric ovens that most pizza shops use. Um so we just went with that, you know, the flyer, but the subway, so fire away, um, and it worked. It worked. It worked well. Um, had a good response. Mm. It was hard. Don't get me wrong. It was very hard. I was like the delivery driver. I was the manager. I wasn't the chef, but everything else, you know, I pretty much done it. So, but it kept me busy. Kept me out of trouble. It was. Um, it was good. So, like you said, obviously, it's a hugely competitive market obviously Domino's has sort of got it tapped up at the bottom end mm. um, and obviously in terms of their service and their marketing is just unbelievable um, in terms of how efficient they are getting to all this sort of stuff 100% in um, my opinion I think but they, the quality of the pizza in terms of the Domino's I think yeah. is low the sort of American style pizza yeah, yeah. I mean um, some some people like it it doesn't give you a great feeling my, my, my boy loves it loads of people I know love it but I'm not such a fan of it I ate way too many of them I think as a kid and um, mm. so I prefer the much more Italian pizza so were you trying to sort of go um the slightly higher quality pizza with the, the Correct. Oven, yes. Yeah, yeah, I think I think if you're gonna do something you've got to do it properly. Um I mean their service in my opinion is ten ten. Um, but the product is maybe like six or seven out of ten. I, I wouldn't I don't recommend the product, but the service that they offer the it's like a machine. A hundred percent. It's so efficient. Yeah. It's unbelievable. And then obviously their marketing machine behind it is absolutely mm. second to none, isn't it? It's, obviously um, they've got a big uh, a big budget. The same budget because you just literally see it everywhere, don't you? Mm. Before Simpsons, before the football yeah. games, it's everywhere. So you yeah. just can't avoid it, can you? So no. if you get that hunger feeling before you know it, you see the advert for Domino's, and even if you don't, you, know, you could be ordering them from there. Yeah. Um, and so, like I said, the USP was just the high quality food then. And we sort of try and base it on their Italian model as such. Yeah, I mean, all the products come from Italy, the core products. So I probably go to Italy like twice a year, my family are there. Like, um, extended family um, all the flour comes from there a specially made recipe um, made for us um, so you can't go and buy the flour off the shelf the tomatoes again uh, ready mixed with like herbs and made to order for us um, the olive oil <clears throat> the desserts come from Sicily so we've kept that you know authentic roots because it'd be very easy to go and find a, a company around the corner that will supply it um, but like I said, I think if you're going to do something, it's worth doing properly. Absolutely. And you need to do something to stand out from the competition. So I think, yeah, it's, it's gone it's gone well. Yeah, I mean, that's another thing. I was sort of, uh, the dominoes, the, the produce and stuff like this, some of their meats and stuff like this, yeah. don't seem great as such, do they? No, I think, yeah, you, you can go... You have to find a balance between, obviously, the quality and, and, the, and the price. Um but I think we're pretty much at the same price point as them, but just at a better quality, in my opinion. Absolutely. So you spoke about obviously setting it up in 2016. Where was your first store then? Was this on your doorstep local to you initially? Um, it wasn't in Mitcham. It was down the road. It was in um, a place called Rose Hill between Mitcham and Sutton. So it was a small parade of shops. Mm. It wasn't a massive shop. It wasn't a great location, but we had KFC next door, so that brought quite a few... Um, people, so that was that was. That's what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah, so, football. Yeah, there's like I said, I interviewed Alfie Best before. He said, try and find the places next to the yeah, McDonald's, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Kings, anything that's next to something that's popping. Makes sense. Even if it's a food place, if you're open, if you're yeah, just yeah. open next door, hundred percent. 
So, um, and obviously, was it an instant success then? Um, I mean, I didn't really have anything to compare it to, but now looking back at it, I would say so because a lot of people say, even in the banks, they say in your first year, you know, don't expect to make any money. And I think in the first year, we made maybe 20 grand profit, which wasn't a massive amount of money. But That's really good. Like I said, they say even first year, we expect to make a lot. Second yeah. year, try and break, break even. even. But, yeah. yeah. So to make money is uh, incredible first year. So, so to look at it like that, yeah, it was, it was, um, it was, it was good. But like I said, I was doing a lot of work, the work myself. Um, so I didn't really have to pay those wages because I was doing the work myself. If I had to pay someone to do that job, then yeah, it probably would be a profit. Yeah. Okay. And um, talk to me about the initial cost then of setting up the the first one. Then um, how much that costs you? Obviously, I'm guessing ovens are extremely expensive. Um, we found a second hand oven. Um, on I think it was eBay that came out of a restaurant so that was about 10 grand nine ten grand um, we've got fridges freezers it's not like a, a massive setup it's pretty much an oven and some fridges and freezers um, so that came to around maybe 20 grand so we're talking six years ago so the price of like materials and that were less um, I had some good friends of mine um, some Polish guys and they done the work for me and they allowed me to pay them, you know, monthly. So that was a big help. Um, and then you got the rent, which at the time was was very reasonable. I think about a thousand pound a month, two hundred and fifty pound a week for a shop next to KFC. It wasn't bad at all. Um, so in all in all, I probably invested maybe, excluding the building costs, because obviously I paid for that monthly, maybe about thirty five grand. So twenty five grand was um, from HSBC as a loan, and the other like fifteen twenty grand was savings. So um, at the time, it seemed like a, it was it. It was all I had. So it was obviously you know regardless how much something is, if it's all you've got, then you know it, it feels like a lot regardless of the amount. Um, so it was a risk, but you know it paid off. Absolutely. And so when you were looking at the the subway prior to starting up the Faraway. And then you decided against that, so we didn't think about the dominoes or mm. Mm. No, too I think high cost being like well. half Italian and having family in Italy, I don't think they would have ever spoke to me ever again if I opened a dominoes. All the barbecue bases yeah. of it, yes. But um, okay, and so when you initially started up the Faraway as well, what was the goal of, or the end goal? Was it to get one store cropping successfully, or was it? No, you it was always just, had that, the goal of getting a few stores. Um, no, it was just one. Once I was looking for something for myself to have like a decent income, um, to be my own boss, to not have to, you know, um, be told by someone else, you know, what time to get there and that. So it was just for myself. There was no idea of franchising until one of the customers came in. He was a regular customer. Um, it was a father and son, and they were about to open um, a Papa John's, from what they told me. And they saw this and they said, you know, would we, would you be interested in franchising? So I said, yeah. Um, I was just happy that, you know, someone wanted to, you know, replicate what I had created. And, um, yeah, I said, yeah. And within six months, they opened the shop um, about 20 minutes down the road in Streatham. And that was very successful, more successful than me. Um, it was a father and son and they were in there running it. Um They've got three three stores now, and that was the second store, wasn't it? That was the franchise, second store. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, kind of learn as we went along. I think you have to sometimes you just have to say yes and then learn later, opposed to you know planning everything out. Because I think when you overthink things too much, that's when you know your mind starts putting negative negativity onto certain things, and you may end up just doing nothing at all. So I think um, yeah, that was a good decision, and. Uh, yeah, they've got three stores now. And so when you sort of, like I said, it came from sort of nowhere, it wasn't planned, the franchise um, thing, but when this sort of happened, did your goals change to, like I said, obviously initially you weren't even planning to have multiple stores, mm. but then obviously when you saw that be a success, did you yeah. think, yeah, yeah, yeah. right, this is what I'm going to be doing now, I'm going to get this franchise thing out there, yeah. and that's the main model of the success of the business going yeah. forward. Maybe I didn't have the confidence um, at the time to think about expanding, maybe, I don't know why. Um, but it never crossed my, my mind. But then when this guy came in and said, you know, we want to franchise it, and when I saw that's when something clicked and said, all right, you know, maybe we've got something here. So we opened another store um, by the end, by another six months. So within the first year, we had three stores. 
And so you, you say you opened the third store. Was that your store? Was that another franchise? So that was that was uh, the third store was ours. That was in um, Fort Neath in Croydon, near Croydon, Fort Neath. So that was that was ours as well. And then it kind of became a bit difficult because obviously I had two stores. It was doable, don't get me wrong, but it was just a bit, you know, for me, anything more than maybe three stores to run yourself would be challenging for me. But I mean, we've got guys that have got seven stores now. Um, they've got a team of people that, you know, run it and manage it, area managers, etc., etc. So um, it can definitely be done. I mean, I was speaking to a guy that's got um, 220 dominoes. Couple, I don't know how he how he manages that, but he's pretty much built like an empire within an empire. Yeah, one of the richest guys I know is uh, Angel Domino's over my ways in there. Yeah, Barbara, Aldershot, Fleet, Liverpool, that's Might like be the same guy. Makes so um, much money, it's incredible. It's crazy, yeah. So it's, it's, it's I think franchising is, is, I've definitely learned a lot by getting into this. Um, Absolutely. And so in terms of now, like you said, you're not looking to personally open any more stores it is literally just a case of the franchise model now and expanding yeah. that and so what do you, do you still own the, the three stores yourself or have you sold them off no so uh, one of them I gave to my cousin um, and the other one I sold to one of the other franchisees and we've got a flagship store now in uh, Clapham High Street okay so that's the one store you own yeah then? that's the one store that uh, me and uh, my brother and sister have got them involved so um, that we own um, Actually, that's the highest expense store out of all the 155 shops that we got. That one's got the highest expenses, so that comes to about, including rent and rates, it comes to about eight thousand pounds a month. Oh, but I'm yeah. sure, obviously, but it's it Clapham Street, yeah. So next to Nando's. Um, Is that one of your busiest? That's one of the busiest. Maybe top five. I'll say it's number five. Uh, top, uh, yeah, top five. And um, over the last few years, the expansion has been absolutely incredible. Um, yeah. How many stores do you own, or how many stores are franchise, or how many stores are there at this particular point? Um, 155. So last year we opened. 155, that's absolutely insane, since 2016. Yeah, six years. So last year we opened 41 stores in a year. 41 stores, absolutely yeah. incredible. So yeah. yeah, massive congratulations again for that. Thank you. It's, um, Absolutely fantastic. Mm, hasn't been easy, but I mean, we got there. Of course, 155 stores that you're sort of having some sort of management role in, all of them as such. Um, and talk to me about your franchise model then. How does it work? How much does it cost? What are the requirements you look at? Mm -hmm. um, so the, the prices have increased over the past you know, few years due to obviously inflation and the cost of goods going up. But right now... And uh, the success of your brand, surely. And the, yeah, of course, yeah. So it all goes hand in hand. So right now, um, one hundred and fifty thousand pounds to open a store. Uh, we've got a finance company that can cover maybe seventy percent of it, depending on your personal uh, situation. Um, what do people get for that initial cost? Do they get so they get everything store completely fit up with the yeah, other, everything A to Z. So from the design to the build to the equipment to the signage to the training to the uh, opening launch, basically everything from A to Z. And then support once it starts going. Um, support. support always people on the phone. You always check in sort of yeah. weekly with the. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm in a hundred. Me personally, I'm in 155 WhatsApp groups. <laughs> you can imagine. Um, but yeah, we've got a team of people that go out and uh, maybe once every five or six weeks they'll pop into each store uh, for the day and um, advise, support, help. I mean, you have to, isn't it? I mean, use your name above the door. Although it's their business, Absolutely. it's your name above the door. And what are the requirements you look at um, for a franchise? Um, I would say experience, but some of the, the top performing guys that we've got, not all of them, but some of them are the ones that have come with you know, no experience in, the food, reason, in, yeah. Yeah, in the food industry. But, I mean, you need a willingness to, to work hard um, and to make, yeah, to make things work. Because although it's a franchise, it's not a guaranteed, you know, it's not a guaranteed um, operation. You're going to have to put in the work. And if you think that you're just going to pay one hundred and fifty thousand pounds, and then leave someone to run it, it's, it's yeah, you, unfortunately, you're mistaken. yeah, the business will sink quite quickly if you yeah. do that, and you get some bad people involved in it. And um, why do you think people should choose franchise? What's the benefit to choosing a franchise over the um, to going on your own? As such? I think you don't have to waste time on um, putting together a menu, putting together a name, logo, marketing, 
you've got the blueprint there. You just have to push what is already there. And um, I mean, yeah, I can understand why why people get into franchising because you know you got that level. Um, you got that. Uh, I would say maybe what's the word? You got like um, maybe a safety net to some degree, um, and you've got other people in the same boat as you. Um, opposed to you just um, trying to do everything on your own. Absolutely. And in terms of, you said, one of the major things that stopped you going into the subway was sort of the rigidness of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much flexibility do the franchises have in terms of sort of menus? Um, menu, menu flexibility is limited. Um, discounts, offers, uh, that's all you know down to them. Prices, we've got two price points, a high and a low, so that's they can they can choose that. Uh, in terms of marketing, they've got free free reign as long as they stick within the brand guidelines. Um, and it's impressive to see what some of them have done in terms of like local charity events and uh, and getting the brand out there. And the more shops that open, the more the brand awareness increases. Um, we do marketing at head office on like a national level but the stores are responsible for doing like local marketing. Indeed and so I know initially when you first started you weren't supplying the produce to all the franchises. No. we. Um, and, but now obviously you've taken that on and you do which I'm sure is great for um, keeping the control, the consistency over nationally mm. throughout the thing. Yeah. Um, obviously when people did it to start with and they signed up they weren't required obviously they weren't using your Produce. They have so to now, use, obviously, is it a requirement or they have to use yeah, that in line? They have to use um, approved suppliers. So basically, we just are now the approved supplier. We used um, a very good Italian um, supplier in in North London called um, Salvo. So the owner's um, a good friend of mine, and that's like top, top, top level produce, like direct from Italy, gets shipped in maybe three times a week from Italy, and anything you want from meats to cheeses. So they've got an, a, a ridiculous amount of um, products that you won't be able to find in the UK, um, only in Italy. So we used them for the first two, three, three years because they had the structure for delivering all across the country where we didn't. But then it got to the point maybe in year four where, you know, we thought we've got year four maybe 70 stores and signal maybe less maybe like 50 60 stores within year four and we said you know we need to take over this so we've got a warehouse not far from here in kingston um and we just started supplying the goods and within six months we outgrew that place luckily we found someone to take it over and a friend of mine he's taking it over he supplies italian food as well and we moved to milton Keynes logistically it's in the middle of the country so we can get to the whole country and obviously it's a lot cheaper than London rent rent wise. But we've been there for a year and we've out we're outgrowing that now. Um so we're looking for another place. So obviously the the business sort of the model and what you necessarily have used is massively changed um from obviously having the pizza shop initially to obviously now being a point with 155 stores having to source all this produce and the logistics of it must be Crazy. It's, it's um, heavy, yeah, but I've got a good team. So oh. you've got a big warehouse, you must have a, a number of drivers out yeah, there. Yeah, and yeah. then talk to me about the team, like you say, it's how a, many people you've got working for you. Um it's a small it's a small team, but um in terms of peak numbers, we've probably got seven seven or eight drivers, seven or eight people in the warehouse packing the stuff, and then maybe eight or nine people in the head office. So it's about just under thirty people. It's a small team, but they're extremely, you know, hardworking and strong. The guy that runs the distribution side of the warehouse, um, his name's Anis. He's been with us. He used to be a franchisee, and then the um, he decided, you know, he wanted to join the head office. So he's made massive um, improvements to the distribution side of the of the operation. And yeah, 155 stores all getting a delivery once a week is uh, it's not an easy task. So uh, yeah, they're doing a good. They're doing a very good job. Indeed, and so in terms of, um, like I say, you've got a good solid team there, but have you taken on any sort of major investors into the business as a whole as time's gone on? Um, have you taken on directors? I know that you're planning to sort of step back from the CEO role. Yeah, um, have was, you managed to do any of this sort of stuff, or is it um, I was hard the, to sort of let go of control as such? Yeah, well, it is hard to let go of control, but in terms of 
I mean, at one point, I was looking at um, possibly looking at someone else to take over my role. Um, but when you see the amount of money they're asking for, it's just ridiculous. Um, so for that, that kind of stopped me. And I think that's a good thing because now I don't think that's, that, that would be the right decision. Um, so yeah, luckily that didn't happen. In terms of investors, we've took on six people um, in the last six months who have all taken an extreme, like a very, very small slice, like 1% of the business each. So, so I still own 92% um, of the business. But yeah, it helped us with some funding for the warehouse, the tech side of the business. Um, yeah, but I think we don't really need any investment at the moment because we're growing at, I mean, we've got 10 stores opening in the next 12 weeks. So we're already, no. we can't really go any faster than we are going already. Um, if anything, we should probably slow down a little bit. So we've got stores in Portugal, uh, Dubai, Turkey that are under construction like right now. Car cheese, why not have everything? Fresh dough, Italian tomato sauce, 100% mozzarella and unlimited toppings. All fast fired for 180 seconds, you can hardly go wrong. Fireway Pizza, delivered straight to your door. Fireway Pizza, design, fire, eat. And for a 20% discount, use your KRMTV20 discount code. Link in description, guys. And so like I said a minute ago, in terms of maybe you should slow down a little bit, and I know that Domino's are quite cautious at this point in terms of having the, the mm. franchises too close to each other. And same, like, same like Subway as well. I think they're... I think, they've I think Subway over-expanded a little over bit too yeah, quickly. Whereas Domino's kept a good control of it. Everyone that I know who's had the Domino's has done yeah. really well out of it. Um, mm. Whereas the, franchise, the Subway thing, I've seen a lot of them close down over the years. So yeah. like, is, is there a point where you will try to say, you know, when you're I don't think, yeah, we're still, I think we, we've got 155 stores. I mean, um, Domino's, how many Domino's? Domino's, they've got uh, 1,200, so 1,200 stores. So I think realistically, we can get to at least maybe five to 600 stores in the next six, seven years. Indeed. And what's the most difficult thing about have the franchise, you have the franchises, you had, um, obviously I guess with 155 franchises, you must have had numerous problem ones yeah, ideas that you've had to, you do get to take them back off people. And we've taken back one, and another guy, um, I think it was the plan from the beginning that he, uh, up north, up in Manchester, he decided to um, open a store with us. But I think, yeah, we were getting certain um, vibes from the beginning that he, he had uh, an ulterior motive. Anyway, after about a month of opening store, uh, he was purposely causing problems and he just said, oh, I'm going to change the name. But everything else in the store remained the same from the colour scheme. to. So I think that was his plan all along. But um, within three months, the shop was for sale. So he obviously didn't go to his plan. So um, you're obviously always going to get problems. It's, it's kind of hard to know if someone's going to do a good job before, until you actually let them do it. So um, 155 stores, we've had one store we've taken back from a guy, we had that guy that changed the name and then we had one store that just closed down because there was an issue with partners and they just didn't go. So um, not bad out of 155 stores. incredible. And um, I know uh, Domino's, Subway, a lot of these franchises, they take a percentage mm. of the profits. I know initially you weren't doing that, but has that changed over time? You know? No, we're still, not, we're still not doing it, but maybe in the future. Um, it just means you need to start checking tills and, you know, there's a lot of... For me, I just don't like any headache or minimal headache. So I think the, the set fee per month is, is a good model and, you know, it means stores... That's a great USP for you. You've got a higher quality pizza, higher yeah. quality produce, and you don't take any of the profits. Mm. Um, Obviously, we supply the food. Isn't it? Of course. Um, and what is, your, I'm guessing the, initial, the monthly fee must be quite high. What is the monthly fee? £750. Pounds. £750. Pounds. Mm. So that's great for... Yeah, I think it's, it's a reasonable price. But obviously, we leave a lot of the marketing down to the stores. The likes of all the other franchises you mentioned, who take maybe 9%, 10%. That can equate to... Three, four, two, three, four thousand pounds a week that you have to pay uh, the franchise or so obviously the budget is a lot more 
opposed to £750 a month, um, which is why we leave a lot of the marketing control down to the stores themselves. Um, and a lot of them do it as it's an investment. But obviously, you're always going to get people that, that see it as a expense. And I think marketing is, a, is an investment. It's not an expense. Absolutely. And you mentioned, obviously, the international expansion over the last few years as well. Um, I know you obviously went to France initially, yeah. where you sold off the whole of France, didn't you? Yeah. Um, and has that sort of model changed? I know Holland, you split into sectors, didn't you? The North Holland, South um, Holland. India. India, you split into sections as well, have you? Yeah, yeah. And so is that rather than you um, having franchises, you're, it's easier for you to give the yeah. whole of this country because you've got so much going on here, there's yeah. so much. It's, it's, yeah, I wouldn't be going, you know, as you can imagine, to India every you know few months. So we found someone, they've actually got stores here as well. They've got family back, back in India. Um, so we've sold them the country and now they're basically running running with it. We've got the... We give them obviously the support and everything that they need, but um, yeah, I won't be going to India. So India, country. for example, how many stores have they managed to open up there already? They've only taken the, the master franchise about seven months ago, um, so so that is moving quite slow. I mean, Portugal, we sold the master franchise to the guys maybe three months ago, and they've already got a store under construction. Uh, Dubai, we sold the master franchise to them maybe two months ago, and they've got a store under construction. And Turkey, again, was about two or three months ago, and they've already got a store under construction. We've got a shop in Amsterdam as well, uh, which has been there for about a year, which is, which is, well. which is doing well. Yeah, obviously, it's, it's, it's something new, especially when you go into different countries, different um, cultures. I'm sure it'll work really well if it's in central Amsterdam in terms yeah. of the street culture, the food. And, yeah, um, everyone's hungry there, but it's um, it's something different, so... It's, it's difficult to see how something will be um, the response until you obviously try. Of course. And um, so like you said, the goal though within England is the, the 500 stores, around 500 yeah. stores or so. And then at that point, there's a, a certain point where you surely will be looking to take a slight step back. And... Yeah, 100%. I think you, yeah, you have to. I think you have to find a balance. Um, with most things in life, you need to find a balance. Um, you know, money and business, although... I enjoy it a lot. Are not the most important important things in life, yeah, in my opinion. And I think if you focus, you know, solely on that, yeah, you might make a lot of money and you might build a successful business. But there's a lot of other uh, parts of life that I think you'll miss out on. Um, luckily, I've managed to. I like to travel, so I've kind of incorporated travel into the business. Um, you know, I've been places that I never would have been. Probably if it wasn't for starting this business, I've met people that I never would have met if it wasn't for starting this business. Um, on the other side, you know, I've been put through a lot of stress uh, with the business. I've got, you know, skin conditions that are brought on by stress. Um, you don't spend as much time with your family and friends as you like to because of the business. Um, you know, breakdown in relationships. Um, so I think it's important to find that balance between the two. Yeah, there's a lot of cost, like saying, of having the success yeah. that you've had um, and a lot of sacrifice that goes into it. And um, while this has all been going on, you've made an incredible amount of money. Have you been investing in other stuff, sort of silently, silent partner in lots of other businesses, yeah. or you just been concentrating on the one thing? To be honest, I've got a few, I've got a lot of ideas, but it's just finding the time. There's not enough hours in the day. In terms of investment, um, only recently I invested in two companies. Um, Good friends of mine that have started their own business and it's doing well. You know, I haven't invested in it just because they're friends. Um, is that the retail food sector again? Or one, of, one of them is a, um, a burger brand um, called Five Ackies. Heard of it, yeah. Milton fan, fantastic burgers, and um, we just helped them open their second store. And another company is um, West Bakes Cookies. So they make cookies and they supply them to restaurants and they supply them to Fireway as well. So I've helped in terms of that. In terms of investment um, in other sort of businesses or, or in other sorts of paths, not really. I mean, I bought this house. I bought my mama house around the corner. Absolutely incredible house. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, but apart, apart from that, nah. I think anything that I invest in, I would want to be involved to a certain degree. And right now, there's not enough time in the day, so therefore I can't be involved. Absolutely. And like I said, uh, your time is probably better spent 
concentrating yeah. on what you've got going on. Yeah, like I said, it says it's trying to get up to around the 500 stores yeah. and then trying and then to take a sort of step back 100%. and then eventually would you like to sort of sell it off completely and then obviously Maybe. keep a small stake in yeah, it? Yeah, I think keep a small stake because I'd be very, um, I'd be pissed off if, you know, I sold it and then, you know, they've done massive things all over the world and then I'm there left with decent amount of money but not nowhere near you know what could have been. potentially so i would i think i'd always want to keep some sort of even if it's something small like five percent um yeah i think it would be sad to um to get rid of everything absolutely and um what would you say the major secrets to your success is what you've done so well in order to get yourself to a position you have so quickly and it's only seven year period then that you've mm. opened up 155 stores I think there's no, you know, major secret that no one probably already knows that you haven't heard before, but consistency, um, just to keep trying, even if something fails, you know, you don't give up, you just find another way around the obstacle in front of you. Um, hard work, obviously, common sense is going to, you need hard work, you need to, you need to decide how much you want something. I mean, if you really, really want something, you won't be putting in, you know, two or three hours a day. Or even a nine to five, you'll be putting in, you know, from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep. All right, you might not be doing physical work or in front of um, a computer or in front in front of a desk, but in some way, shape, or form, you will be working on the business in your in your mind, um, which can also cause you know problems when you're trying to do other things. But you've always got that on your mind. So I think, yeah, you need to ask yourself before you start something how how much you want something and how how much time, I suppose, is the ultimate um, currency, how much time you're willing to put in, how much time you're willing to sacrifice. You know, only recently I've got back in the gym, but I remember, you know, before I opened the business, I was in the gym five times a week. You know, I was in fantastic shape. And then I realized once I opened a business, I was stressed, I was waking up early, I was going to sleep late, I wasn't getting the right amount of sleep, I wasn't eating properly, I was just eating like rubbish on the move, and you can see the difference. Um, only recently I managed to get back in the gym, um, but you need to you need to make sacrifices, you need to, you need to know that, you need to struggle. A lot of people message me and they ask for help, advice, etc., and you know, I'm happy to give advice and help, but... At the end of the day, you need to struggle to prove that you want it. And not everyone can deal with the stress that that struggle brings on. Absolutely. That's great advice. And so in terms of um, anyone who's watching this and want to go down a similar path to yourself, want to work for themselves, want to be an entrepreneur, want to make money, um, like I said, obviously, there's huge sacrifices. Don't think you're going to be working less than these eight. I bet you're going to be working twice as long in terms of sacrifice, in terms of relationships stress everything that comes with it but what's the best advice you could say to someone in order if they want to try and own their own business go the same path as yourself or someone else i think if you're if you're coming from the same place i came from with minimal amount of resources and you know next to no money um then you have to start off small and a lot of people don't want to start off small they want to you know go from zero to 100 overnight and they want to be turning over millions of pounds within the first year which is highly unlikely so they need to you need to you need to be ready to start small uh, and like i said a lot of people don't want to be seen as starting off or as a small fish or as an amateur and you know telling people oh, i've started this can you come and support it a lot of people their pride probably gets in the way um of asking for support um so yeah you need to you need to start off small you need to you need to be humble you need to accept you know that you're an amateur in in, in the game um, so that you can advance and then you know give advice to other other people and help other people so I think start small you don't need a crazy product you need a crazy determination to make the product work but you don't need to invent you know you don't need to reinvent the wheel you know something simple whether it's pizza or t-shirts or uh, personal training or you know website design you don't have to create something out of this world but you do need to have a crazy passion for making that work and you need to put in the hours you know whether that be six in the morning till 11 o'clock at night um you need to sacrifice holidays as i said uh, time with your family with your friends um and that's it 
I think you need to remember that sometimes, unfortunately, people will hold you back and bring you down. Um, and that not necessarily that they want to hold you back and bring you down, but certain people with different mentalities, unfortunately, it can't be can't be helped. And that goes for friends, families, partners, business colleagues. Um, so not everyone that started the journey with you will finish the journey. Um, so I think you need to understand that because I think a lot of people could get a lot further without certain people around them, uh, which is sad to say, but it's life, I suppose. Mm, indeed. And so, like I said, you have to be quite sort of ruthless around your circle, the people around you. Mm. And obviously, I'm sure you've had to cut people off. Your circle's massively changed over the years then. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. Um it's part and parcel of growth if people aren't willing to grow with you at the same yeah. time as you or do something at least positive. Yeah. It's difficult to be around them, I'm guessing. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what they say, the, the five people that you spend the most time around. Um, that doesn't mean you cut off everyone else, you know. And as I said, money and business is not, in my opinion, the main purpose of life. So it's not as if you need to cut off everyone that's not money or business orientated, which is which is definitely... Uh, I wouldn't say that, but if you're looking to achieve a goal and you've got a target or an aim or a destination and you want to get there, then obviously you have to surround yourself with the people like-minded that are going to go to at least similar destinations to where you want to get to, um, because otherwise it's going to be very difficult and a lot of people, they don't want to do that. You know, They want to hang around the same people, but they want to get to places that other people are getting to. So, um, yeah. Hard work. Indeed. And in terms of, if, if you had um, anyone sort of mentor or advise you over the last few years, you sort of could go to and just have that, ask that little bit of advice, someone who's a little bit further in the game or anything I like this? Know. I don't know anyone. Um, no. I, so it's all sort of self, everything's been self-taught. Yeah. If, I had some, if I had someone, and I said this before, if I had someone... Um, that I could go to for advice, as you said, that has gone down the same path, some sort of mentor or something. If I had that, I reckon we would have got to where we are a lot quicker and we probably would have saved a lot of money because um, we wouldn't have made the same mistakes. And you can make back money, but you can't make back the time. So it's not only about the money. Sometimes you make mistakes with the wrong accountants, the wrong solicitors, the wrong website suppliers, um, and, you know apart from the money side, you'll lose a lot of time, wasted time. So if you go with the right person from day one, I think you'll advance a lot quicker. So I think, especially with the brands that I'm helping now, it's not just about the about helping them make more money, it's about saving them time and giving them good contacts that I've built up along the, along the, the years um, because that can make a, a huge difference. But no, the answer to that is no, unfortunately I didn't have any mentors and we've learned by the mistakes. You know, I think failure and mistakes are feedback because it teaches you a lesson. If you make the same mistake again, obviously, you know, there's something wrong with you because you should learn. You should learn from the mistakes that you make. Absolutely. And um, in terms of anyone who wants to ask any advice of you, can people reach out to you? Um... Yeah, I mean, they're more than welcome to reach out. But again, I remember when I was starting off and I used to ask people for advice uh, on Instagram and that and send a message, they would never get back to me. I was thinking, who's this guy? He can't even be bothered to reply. But now I understand there's literally not enough hours in the day. Especially there's if you've got over 100 WhatsApp groups yeah, there's not, before you start getting yeah. onto your random messages of strangers yeah, on Instagram. It's just, it's just, there's not, literally, there's not enough time in the day. But in terms of other people that I you know look up to and see that they've done well in their business, um there's 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 a variety. I mean there's um that Ben Ben Francis who's got Gymshark and Reese Wabara who's got uh, the MDV brand. You've got people that have gone that are from different industries like music and have gone into totally different industries and, and are and are making it work like um my boy Blade Brown, he's just made a tequila brand. Incredible. Which I've got a bottle in there. And um, you know, it's 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 uh, inspiring to see People, regardless of the numbers behind the brand, because like that Gymshark, a billion pound valuation, which is amazing, but not just about that, just to see the journey, regardless, put the numbers aside for a minute and just see how they've come up from, you know, printing t-shirts in their garage to a worldwide brand. It's, yeah. it's crazy. And a lot of people think it's not possible, but that just goes to show that, you know, 
with an idea and a pen and a paper and a plan that really anything is achievable. People think that one person can't change the world, but that's probably what's been proven in history that you know one one guy can can make some major changes to the to the world. Indeed, um, I mean, obviously, you mentioned those brands there, the Jim Sharps, etc. But what you've achieved, I think, has been absolutely incredible. So again, Thank I'd you. like to congratulate you Thank on you. what you've achieved so far. I'd like to, especially in just a seven-year period, to open up 155 stores. Mm. Um, so again, I'd like to massively thank you for the opportunity again today. Um, can you tell us your social medias um, so people can add you up? And guys, it will be in the description below as well. Yeah, so um, in terms of joining the franchise or jo joining uh, Fireaway, um, the website is fireaway.co.uk um, and the Instagram is fireawaypizza. And then my one, my personal one is um, it's me, Mario. Indeed. And so for anyone who hasn't tried a Fireway pizza yet, um, is there a discount code we can give out for anyone? Or? Yeah, uh, we'll get it made maybe KRN20. Perfect. So guys, that will be in the description as well below. Yeah. Um, and so again, I'd like to obviously massively thank you for the opportunity and hopefully I can come back in a couple of years' time 100%. and see, obviously, I, I can't imagine where you're going to be in two years' time, the yeah. rate that you um, grow. So again, um, massive thank you. Massive congratulations. Thank you. Man. Guys, add him up um, to be inspired. Anyone who wants to also get into the pizza industry, get on tomorrow. And thank you very much, sir. No worries. Thank you. Nice to meet you. Car cheese. Why not have everything? Fresh dough, Italian tomato sauce, 100% mozzarella and unlimited toppings? All fast-fired for 180 seconds, you can hardly go wrong. Fireway Pizza, delivered straight to your door. Fireway Pizza, design, fire, eat. And for a 20% discount, use your KRN TV20 discount code. Link in description, guys.